0: Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning, Transformation Church. You guys made it out in the snow this morning, and you braved the weather. Chris is praying for summer already. Come on, he's like, can it be summer? Uh, Because spring has tricked us, and so it's good to be uh, in God's house. Would you guys give Jesus your biggest praise this morning for being alive and have an air. He woke you up this morning, and we are in a series called Vol for Life. Hey, listen, you, you can come to Access Nation. I don't, you don't have to be 15. Let's go. Access Nation Youth Conference this summer. If you've got a teenager and you saw that, it's gonna 2,000-plus kids from around the nation going after Jesus. Can I tell you, the church is alive and well in the next generation. And so, come on. Can I tell you again, the church is alive and well in the next generation. And we're a next generation church, and we believe God to do mighty things, and so we invest in that. And we're going to go down there to to Memphis this summer. So if you're, maybe you want to go, come with me. I'll go. You can hang out with me. We're going to be down in Memphis and uh, watching God do some cool things. Vol for life. How many vol? How many VFL people we have in the room? Come on. How really? I mean, today's like the SEC championship. Is that all we got for our guys? I'm about to. I'm about to pray for them. Come on, let's go. We're bringing it home today. Vol for life. This series we've been looking at and started last week, just looking at really engaging with the kingdom. There's a, there's a culture, there's a vol for life culture. And so, and so we're looking at engaging uh, with the culture of the kingdom. I think Jesus talked about being a vol for life. I think he talked about being a volunteer in the kingdom of God. There's a scripture in the old covenant that says my, my, my people will volunteer in the day of battle. Come on. That's a biblical reference for our team. It's in the Word of God, and so uh, we're going to look at some kingdom cultures and some some values that our church holds. And uh, I think it's important that we we understand what God said, and we can you know we can have fun. We'll pray for the balls in a minute because we're going to win the SCC championship today, and um, and we're going to look at some kingdom thoughts and some scriptures. Uh, what does a ball for life mean? What does uh, being a ball for life in the kingdom? What does that really mean? I grew up. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So I, I, I've I, kind of converted to becoming involved for life. I, I I had some red blood in me. I was a cardinal. I went to University of Louisville. And so when I came and began to pastor the church here, um, it was during March. My first Sunday was March, um, uh, in March in 2008. And uh, for some reason, I thought it was a good idea. There was probably 50 people in our, 60 people in our church at the time. And uh, I thought it was a good idea to tell them that I came from the University of Louisville. And um, Louisville had just just beat UT in the sweet 16 (laughs) to advance to the elite eight. And so I kind of made some references to that. We had three families leave the church that Sunday. That's not, that's, that's real. I was like, dang, it's serious around here. like, this is God or Vols. You know what I'm talking about? Like which one? Like, well, I, I love Jesus too. I like the Cardinals. I love Jesus. But, uh, the, the reality is the passion and the commitment and the devotion and the, everything that goes into the culture, it's, it's called the Vol Nation. There's a whole nation of, of values around, around what it looks like to be a uh, big orange somebody. I got a video for you. Check out this video real quick. This is a Vol for Life video and hopefully it'll get you fired. Up. Come on. I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> I got tears in my eyes right now. You heard him. He said, he said, I laid down my life. I put my life on the line. There's a culture of commitment and passion and sacrifice. Here's men doing it for a football game. And we see a rich tradition of, of what it looks like. He goes, I wouldn't ever have changed a thing. I about lost my life, laying my life down for my teammates. And, 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 and there's people all around the world that would, would want to have the privilege of doing what we get to do, coming inside of a, of a clean, safe, awesome building in Knoxville, Tennessee, and to preach the gospel and go out in a city full of freedom to, to, to rejoice in the, in the things of the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus spoke about this in Luke 9, 23. He talked about this, this culture of laying down our life. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So the gospel has this come after me, come follow me. Jesus says we're followers of him that we're these enthusiastic followers of God day in and day out. We'd love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and all of our strength. You know, what does that look like in your daily life? I don't know. What does it look like in my daily life to, to lay it all on the line? these verses really give us some characteristics about being a vol for life, being, being committed. I don't know I'm, I'm making an extrapolation to, to what it looks like to live in Knoxville and, and to be a, a fan of, the, of great big orange. Come on, that we're going to win today. And I believe God's with our team today because our coach is a Christian today. <laughs> Barnes loves Jesus. And we're going to close the deal. Uh, and, and we're going to go far into the tournament. We're going to bring home, hopefully, a a, a, a trophy, but, but the reality is there's, there's that every day in the kingdom of God. and I 'm just going to give you five characteristics of, of really what a of maybe a vault for life looks like for you, or what it looks like to take up your cross daily. and there's some values and cultures of our house here and some values and cultures of the kingdom. The first thought, I 'm going to give you five simple thoughts. The first thought today is true followers, a true, uh, enthusiastic follower. True followers are committed. they're committed. I mean, think about the commitment. I mean, come on, I'm preaching to the choir today. You guys got up in the snow. There's no snow on the roads. Come on, everybody. Like, like yesterday, I, I got pulled over on the way home because uh, I didn't clear off my back windshield enough. The guy came at me. He's like, that's a 300 fine, son, pull over right now and wipe off your back windshield. I mean, snow gets everybody crazy in Knoxville. Police officers, they were upset at me. I'm like, I had no idea, sir. Yes, sir. I'm pulling up. You know, you braved it this morning. It's not that bad out, but like, think about the commitment it takes to go to a game. Just just the commitment day in and day out, being a Vol fan and and not missing a game. Rain, snow, shine, right? Come on, I don't know if, you, if you're a real vol for life and you're going to games. I saw Matt Hussar in here. He's got his little boy in a checkered, uh, uh, you know, uh, orange and white checkered uh, overalls this morning. Come on, it looked amazing. He's shaking his head, no way. I, just just the, the commitment, two to three hours inside of a game. I mean, not missing a game. Uh, you, how, how long it takes to, to, to prepare to get to a game. Fighting traffic and, and trying to fight the crowds and fighting the parking frenzy. Come on, anybody been to a game? Some of y'all are like, I don't go anymore. That's why. That's why some of y'all don't come to church. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a long line at the coffee bar. I mean, the, the, the walking, I've, I've been to these games, walking two or three miles, two miles into a game, happy. Everybody's high-fiving, skipping, got joy in our eyes, right? We get up in the morning just to come to church. Sometimes we're like, oh no, it's snowing. Come on, online people, I love you. It's snowing. Like, you might, you, you'll drive all the way down to Florida. Is that where the game is? You'll drive to Florida for the game today. But sometimes church is hard to make it to. You know what I mean? There's this, there's this reality of sacrifice and commitment. Uh, uh, somebody in the kingdom is committed and why? Why are we committed? Why are you here? Because your presence matters. Your presence here matters. Evolve for life, going to a game, they believe they're marching down the streets or getting into that arena because they believe their presence, not just going to cheer the team on, they believe their presence matters. That there's a crowd, there's a cheer, there's a chant, there's a unity, there's a, there's a power and a synergy that you can feel in those stadiums and in those arenas because there's this, there's this commitment of people that are fighting to, to see their team win. Does that make sense? And so I think the same thing for us when we're coming to church and getting in this house, your presence matters in here. And we're not just, not just attenders, like we're committed, we're sacrificing, we're going above and beyond. You're out in the snow, you're joining together in some fight songs. We're gonna talk about worship next week. Pastor Justin's gonna bring an amazing word on worship and, and what it looks like to have some fight songs in the kingdom, but, but we put songs up and we sing and, and we have this passion because I really believe that, that our presence matters and that your presence matters. Jesus said it, that you gotta daily come after him. You gotta lay, lay down your life, take up the cross and follow me. Can I tell you what he's saying there? He's saying, you're gonna have to go through some stuff to be committed. That I'm gonna have to go through some stuff in my life if I'm actually gonna be committed. I mean, we saw the speech from, from, from that football player that laid his life on. He went through some stuff to be committed to his team. You hear about commitment. Do you hear the video? Fulmer says, it's been 47 years, but we've brought it back to Knoxville, boys. Come on, 40 commitment in the kingdom of God, 47 years showing up and believing God for more than a trophy for a soul. Maybe in 30 years, maybe someone walks into this building and gives their life to eternity. Maybe some family gets restored. Maybe somebody gets saved. Maybe somebody gets free from an addiction. Come on, 47 years is nothing in the picture of eternity. Showing up and sacrificing, fighting traffic, fighting morning routine, getting into the house of God because your presence and my presence matter. We're committed to the eternal dividends. We can be committed to everything else. Listen to me. We can be committed to all types of teams and all types of stuff. But the only thing that has eternal dividends is this. The only thing that lasts in eternity is what we do for Jesus and how we connect to his team and how we give our life and I just want to encourage you like your labor's not in vain, you showing up is not in vain, you singing songs is not in vain, you getting on a team is not in vain, you serving is not in vain. It's powerful. Colossians one twenty three said it this way and I want to encourage you, don't back off. It says if indeed you continue in the faith and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you heard of all for life, we aren't fair, we aren't fair weather fans. Come on, there's a hope. Like, don't back off. I don't know where you are. It snowed a little bit. You're here to, don't back off in your faith in the spring. Don't back off in your faith moving into this, into this next season. Don't back off. If you, if you keep your faith, don't drift away. Like God's saying, listen, let's don't drift. Make a decision today. Like, this is part of my life. I'm gonna renew my mind. I'm gonna get everything I can get out of God's kingdom and out of relationships and out of church and out of, out of serving and what it looks like to be in the kingdom. I'm gonna make that type of commitment. Number one, Evolve for life. A true follower of Jesus is committed, full on, full commitment. And I would just encourage you to make that decision to commit. Number two, a true follower of Jesus or a true follower, true followers connect and serve. True followers connect and serve. And so why do we do what we do here every week? And why do we have connect groups? We call them connect groups. Uh, true followers connect and serve. It's just, you weren't intended to live in isolation true followers. Come on. People who go to games, and I don't know if you've ever been to one, You go two or three hours early. What do they do? To a little tailgate. Begin to tailgate out there. Can I tell you that the University of Tennessee is always in the top 15 of tailgate universities in the nation? We might not be in the, in the, in the football poll. Come on, somebody. But we always got that to lean back on. Top 15 tailgaters. Check out some of these pictures. I got some tailgate pictures for you. Top 15 right here. Come on, we got the, yeah, come on, we got the the Navy right there. I think we got four of them. They're a little blurry, it's okay. You know what's happening. Everybody there's a little blurry. (laughs) It's like right there on the top of a parking lot, just tents and tailgating and, and connection. People getting there to the game early, getting there early, why? Because they don't wanna miss their connect group. That's their connect group. That's the relationship and connection. Look at that. That's the, oh, that's awesome right there. Uh, there's this unity and this fellowship and connection. They're tailgating. They're connecting true followers connect. I, what I mean is, you don't just come to church and go. Come and go. Come and go. This is not, this is awesome, but this is not what you're going to get out of following Jesus when in the week, when you're connecting with families and people and, and, and other relationships and getting, getting those people in your life to encourage you. That's what's happening with, with tailgating. They serve, they connect, and they serve. I've been, I've been to some tailgates. I, the first game I ever went to was with Corey Wilson. You're in my story right here. You took me to my first football, UT football game, UCLA, and it was UCLA, UT. Uh, I think Kiffin was the coach of UT at the time. I'd never been to a game. We're walking through the crowds of tailgaters. I mean, the, to, to look at the surf, there's surf teams out there, like parking teams, the, 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 the company we went to that had the tailgate. There's, there's greeters and ushers and hosts, there's people, there's, there's a tent on the outside. They rented a, a room just for tailgating. Nothing else was happening that day, just tailgating. I walk up and, and there's this giant tent. There's people outside just, hey, welcome. And I'm like, they're, they're just like our host teams, supposed to greet people and love people. Not, no, no no judgment, just open love and fellowship. They had people, there were TVs connected in the parking garage flat screen, hundred inch plasma TVs. I mean, how'd they get power to these things? Production team, <laughs> creativity, video team, camera workers. I mean, there, there's the worship team. You know, the one drunk guy that's shouting, uh, let's sing songs now and start chanting, like leading everybody. Come on. <laughs> Rocky top, you know, getting the songs going. There, there's there, there's these serve teams. Listen, I went with them. We pull up and I walk up. I don't have any. I have no gear, nothing. They're like, come, they got flags. They got gear. They're like, come on inside. Come on, so everything's free. We got water. We got beer. We got broths. We got coke. It's all paid for. I was like, I guess I will. They're they're giving me, they're like, get a a flag, handing me flags. Of course, like, come on, man, it's all, get a flag. I'm I'm a disciple before I even get into the game. I was in. Can Can I tell you when we actually connect and serve as God's people, lost people from the streets that know nothing about God become disciples before they even get into this kind of stuff. They're like, what is this? Why are they so friendly? Why do they love me so much? Why are they so welcoming in the lobbies? Oh, they are inviting me to their house? Can I tell you, the first church service I ever went to years ago, I was wayward. I was sitting with my girlfriend on the back row. I was lost. The Holy Spirit was chasing me. I was in depression. I was I was sad about my life, and I wanted something different. I sat down in a church like ours. I can remember it to this day on the very back row. And some little couple that was sitting back there was a little bit older than us, looked down at us, handed me a card and said, you're welcome to come to our house. We got a group that meets there on Tuesday nights. I'm like, I just was invited to somebody's house. They got worship. I mean, I'm leaving the place crying and bawling because people were vols for life. They were committed to something bigger than themselves. They were committed to the kingdom of God. And if we're going to be the people that God's called us to be, we got to connect and serve and, and just jump in because people's lives are cha- changed. How do we do that? How do you do that? We have teams. We, we serve here. We've got teams. One of the cultures of our house is serving. Listen to me. Everybody says, well, I don't want to burn out. I don't want to burn out. No, no, no. This fills you up. That burns you out out there. This fills you up. Well, I want to serve every week. Why? This fills us up and there's people coming. You'll tailgate every week. We'll we'll turn the gate and we'll, we'll get chips and food and prepare and get the house ready. This is the house of God. And I'm not trying, I'm not beating you up. I'm just telling you really like this fills me. This will fill you as you begin to connect and serve with other people because true followers connect and serve. And it's not just to connect and serve for your sake. It's to do so because there's people that are lost and need connection in the kingdom of God. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for other people. So, number two, connect and serve. Number three, true followers. This is good. True, is this helping anybody today? Very simple. True followers dress the part. True followers dress the part. I went to uh, my basketball game. I went to the Arizona UT basketball game a few, few weeks ago, or about a month ago at Christmas, I guess. Mike Hussar, I don't know if you saw Matt. He's dressed in all orange and his baby's out there in the checker uh, the checker overalls and uh, they took me to the game. I pull up at Mike's house. Mike lives um, over in the Bearden area. Uh, the game was at like six o'clock or seven o'clock game. I pull up at six and I'm dressed like this. Mike's evolved for life. I walk into his garage. He looks at me, he goes, where's your gear? I was like, I, I'm, I, I'm all right. He's like, no, 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 like, where's, your, where's your, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll be back, I'll be back. He, go, he runs inside, everybody's there, there's about four or five guys getting ready to go. He runs in the garage, and I, you know, I like to dress a certain way, I just do, I just dress a certain way, I've got my, everybody got their own little style, you know what I'm saying, so he goes in, and I'm not that I'm embarrassed of orange, I like orange, right, you know what I'm saying, I, but I, I don't wear it regularly, and uh, I know it's the place to wear it at the game. And uh, I go. He's like, I, he brings out these shirts. They're like three sizes too small. They're like old, like you know, from nineteen sixty. You know, jerseys. I mean, I'm like, I, dude. I was like, I'm not wearing that. I was like, I'm good. Man. I'm going to this. It's like you're not going to the game with me if you don't. If you're dressed like that, you're not getting in the car if you don't put this stuff on. I was like, oh, come on, man, you for real? I put on one of the, like, the biggest ones I could get, a little jacket, a little zip up. I looked silly, but like he, he, he made sure that I was advertising. Listen to me, Evolve for Life, a kingdom person advertises for their team. We dressed the part for Jesus that we're not ashamed of our colors. We're not shy about what it looks like to put on the uniform. We've got face paint and flags on our cars and all this other paraphernalia for a sports team. But what does it look like to have the colors for Jesus? What does it look like to walk with him, to put on and dress the part? Colossians tells us, Colossians 3, 8 through 15, here's really the simplicity of being dressed, the, dressed for the kingdom, dressing the part. It says, but now you yourselves or to put off all these, put off, like actively put some stuff off, put off anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Come on, there's this new man. It's this new creation Jesus did in our life. We put that on where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, a barbarian or Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Saying so we're putting aside our disunity, we're putting aside all of our little fractions, we're putting aside our factions, we're putting aside our political junk, we're putting aside all of the, the different sins and issues and line and the old man, we put that off? And then he says, we dress the part. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. We're called to dress the part. We're called to put some stuff off and put some stuff on. How cool would it be if we all had some friends in our life that said, you know what? You're not wearing that any longer. You're not wearing depression any longer. You're not wearing doubt anymore. Come on, you're not going to dress like that and come into the game. You're not going to wear insecurity anymore. You're not going to wear loneliness. You've got a group of people that love you. You're not going to dress like that anymore. Some bold friends. Come on, I need friends in my life to go, Jamie. You're not wearing that into the game. You're evolved for life. You've got a different spirit. You've got a new man. You're not going to wear that type of behavior. Come on, anybody want some friends that will actually check your behavior? You, we all clap until someone does it. <laughs> it's like, I want it. You know? I want accountability. Like, you check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, I need some people in my life to be able to speak into me that way. And it takes vulnerability. It takes, say, you know what? I'm gonna address the part. Mike did that for me. I would encourage you. You need somebody in your life that can kind of challenge you. Listen, I'm not talking about going out and being a Bible thumper and beating everybody over the head with the Bible, but, but being, being proud of who you are in God. Not not giving in to culture, not letting culture dictate how you dress and how you behave, but allowing the new nature of Christ in you, putting that on daily. We have to actually put it on. Second Corinthians three twelve says this: Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Come on, let's have boldness when it comes to the things of God. Let's don't be shy with our faith. Come on, you got flags flying, you get you got faces painted. You got orange shirts, you're gonna wear it. But when it comes to the kingdom, we're screaming and shouting and going nuts for the SEC championship. Come on, I'm gonna go nuts today. Anybody else gonna be screaming at a TV today? Anybody going to the games? Y'all driving quick, but flying to Florida, private jet. Is it in Florida? I think it is, yeah. Uh, if you're going, take me with you on your private jet. But, but I mean, we go crazy for that. But when it comes to the kingdom, we're a little bit shy and we're not bold. It says we need to be bold with our faith, that we actually can, can, can say what we believe. We can speak what God's done in our life. We can talk to who we are as a new, a new creation. I talk to people all the time like, well, you know, I don't worship like that. My relationship with Jesus is, is private. My relationship with Jesus is, you know, it's, it's private. Can I, can I say this to you? Your relationship with Jesus is personal, but not private. It's a personal relationship with the Savior, but it's not, the cross was public. And my kids, they hate when my wife and I have PDA. Come on, my kids are like, ah, oh, it's disgusting. We get PDA, come on. And there's some PDA because we haven't experienced the love between one another. And the reason my kids think that's disgusting is because they've never experienced the love that we've experienced. And many of you that are scared to show PDA in public for Jesus is because you've never fully experienced all the love that he has. And if you had experienced it fully, you wouldn't be shy to give PDA and a little shout of praise. Come on. We got any balls for life in here that it take a 15 second praise break to give Jesus a little PDA. Come on. We're not shy. We're bold. I'm bold with my, be bold. My daughter one day, we were with all my cousins who were unsaved, and she's like, she looked at all my cousins, she's like, she's like, y'all need Jesus, you know, they're, they're lost. We're at Thanksgiving, tell them they're all going to hell, I'm like, ah, it's a little extreme, baby girl, <laughs> it's a little far, you know, <laughs> don't kill everybody with the Bible, but be bold <laughs> with your faith. True followers of Jesus dress the part, dress the part. True followers, the next one, true followers are self-feeders, self-feeders. And uh, I think this is really important, guys, as a culture, as a church, as people in the modern day age with technology, and many people wait to come here a message at church. I mean, Evolve for Life, I can talk to some of y'all, y'all know the stats, you know the last national championship, you know the stats of every coach, you know the players, you know the five-star recruits, come on, Greg's Evolve for Life, he ran track for UT and uh, was a fast man right there, and uh, we can talk, we, we, we know, you know stats, You're a self-feeder. you got shrines in your house. you got pictures. You've got stuff. You've got rooms. You've got things in areas. You know about the vaults. But do you know the stats of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Do we know the stats of the scriptures? Do we know the stats of who we are in Christ? Do we know the stats? We can follow sports teams. We can put on the paraphernalia. But do we know the stats of new creation? Do we know who God's called us to be? I've got to eat before I go policy. If I come to your house, I've already eaten. Because I don't know how you cook. I don't know. So I don't, I don't wanna leave hungry, so I'm gonna a little peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm gonna have a little, I'm gonna have a little appetizer, so I, if, I, if you see me at your house eating, eating strong, uh, I ate before I came and I like your food, and I'm eating twice. If I, if I come to your house and I'm nibbling, I ate before I came and I don't like your food, and so I'm just nibbling. <laughs> She's looking at my wife like something's wrong with me. That's, don't, I'm okay. <laughs> I just don't know how everybody cooks. And so I've got I have an eat before I go policy. Let me Listen to me. When it comes to this and church and the house of God, you should have an eat before you go policy. That way, you know who you are in Christ. You've read the word of God. You know you have gifts and callings and talents. You know you've been accepted and called on God's team. You know you're showing up to the house of God to serve others and not for yourself. You know you don't have to be insecure and lonely. You know you don't have to be fearful. You can show up and you've, you've eaten before you come. Therefore, if I don't preach so good, it don't matter. Because you ate before you came. You've been in the word of God. You know that the Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not want. That he leads you in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake that... That he takes you beside still waters and makes you lie down in green pastures. That even though you walk through the valley of shadow death, you fear no evil because he comforts you and his rod and staff are with you. He makes you sit down in the midst of your enemies and he anoints your head with oil and your cup runs over. You know that you rise up on wings like eagles and you you run and not grow weary. You walk and not grow faint. You know that the mountains and the hills break forth for you with singing. The trees of the field clap their hands because you go forward armed and dangerous. You know that everywhere your feet tread is yours for the gospel of the kingdom. You know that your weapons are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And that whatever the lie the enemy tells you is a a lie and you can pull that down and that you have a new mind and you renew your mind and you know, I can go on and on and on for 30 minutes because I eat before I go. Do you eat before you come? Is it about me or is it about being a self-feeder and believing God to go, you know what? I need the word of God in my life. I, I need the word of Jesus because it heals me. It gets on the inside. He was pierced for my transgressions, bruised for un, my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him. He whose mind is stayed on thee has perfect peace. My mind is stayed on you today, Lord. I mean, on and on and on. Like, what, How does this happen? It's supernatural what begins to happen on the inside of you when you become a self-feeder. Deuteronomy 32, 40, 46 through 47. This is, maybe this is the main point today that you need to take away. I think this is so important for this hour and for what we have going on in the world. It says this, and he said to them, so set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. So the book, the word of God, all the words, for it is not a futile thing for you. It's not futile to get in the word. It's not futile to put this stuff inside your life. It's not futile because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. Do you hear that? By this word, you shall prolong your days in the promise he's called you to possess. That literally by the word of God, I prolong my possession of the promise. That The promise of my life could come and go, but I prolong it with the word of God. That in the old covenant was geographical. In the new covenant, it's cardiological. In the old covenant, it was external, but in the new covenant, it's internal. And that by the word of God, I can actually possess positions and promises and places in my heart longer. If your promises are short-lived, it's because your verses are short-lived. And so, so often, we're in and out of the word, and we wonder why we're in and out of the promises. And this literally says that the word of God is our life. It's my life. Matthew 4, 4, it says, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, it's my nourishment. It's not something added to me. It's my life. It is your life. It's your life. It's my life. And I'm, I'm listen. I don't, I don't know what it looks like for you in the Word, but I'm telling you, like, I think this is what God's speaking on today and breathing on right now. I, I, I this is our life in this hour. This is our life. This is our bread. This is our sustenance. It's, it's not futile. We've got to have the word of God. I have to have it. Matthew says, I got to have it. It's my food. You ever been shopping hungry? You eating chips in the line? You opening up fruity pebbles going down the aisle, people going, excuse me, like I'm going to pay for this pulling all kinds of stuff, all kinds of junk into your cart that you would have never pulled into your cart. That's how we live spiritually. So often we're not in the word pulling junk and crap into our cart and we're not meant to be nourished on that stuff. And we're pulling it in our life so often because we're not in this meal that we've cooked up intentionally on a daily basis. i go shopping hungry. I'm hangry. I'm mad. I'm mad at everybody. My wife's like, could you slow down in the parking lot? You about to kill somebody. I'm like, it's all right. I'm hungry. I just, I just want you to get into your heart that, man, this is your life. The only, faith Romans 10, 17, the only way we get faith is by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 15, 4, it says this, if you need hope today, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, written, what the word was written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. Do you need hope today? Do you need healing today? Are you discouraged? Are you down and out? Are you bitter? Are you angry? Are you, are you, are you, whatever it might be. Come on. I don't know how this works fully. It's supernatural. But the word of God gets inside of me and gets inside of you and begins to give you hope for the future. And, and when there's hope, there's new energy. And when there's hope, there's new direction. When there's hope, there's new power. Now, I want to encourage you today. Your marriage can change. Your finances can change. Your business can change. Your addictions can change. Your attitude can change. Things can get better. I know we look around the world. We're like, man, how could it get any worse? Can I tell you that things can get better? Things can get stronger. Things can get holier. Things can get more powerful in your life because it's the word of God. Let me just ask you this. How many in here by show of hands would make a fresh commitment to the word of God today? Come on, just, I'm gonna commit to the word. It's my life. And if you didn't, if you're one of those people that won't raise your hand for anything, that's okay. Raise your hand in the car today when you go home. And say, you know what, I'm gonna commit to the word. I think it's so important. And the the last one, very last thought today, it says true followers pray for their team. True followers pray for their team. You ever seen some of these rituals? Come on, y'all have some rituals for the game. Y'all wear the same hat. Same underwear, y'all on like a fifteen-week winning streak. Hadn't washed some underwear in like fifteen weeks. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. Haven't shaved, right? Come on, you, who's got the same seat you have to sit in to win the game? The same thing you have to do. You can sit. Anybody got some weird rituals for the games that y'all watch? Anybody at all? Nobody. Um. Thank you for being honest in church because y'all love me. Thank you. I've got the same. I turn it off at a certain time because if I'm not watching, they're winning. But if I'm watching, we think we think that we have uh, some effect on the game, right? We think that we our participation or our little ritual has an effect on the game. I've seen videos all, all you know people start doing the little feet stomp at the same time. UT has the third quarter, you know, third down for what? You know, there's these rituals, right? There's rituals. Well, 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 there's also, we're praying, we're believing that we're changing the game. And so true followers, listen to me, true followers believe that they ha- actually have an impact on the game. When you're a true follower of Christ, the way you impact the game is through prayer. And the way I impact the game is through prayer. But I wanna give you some help with prayer today. I'm gonna give you a couple thoughts with prayer. I'm gonna change your prayer life today. True followers take responsibility for, for the game and for the outcome through prayer. Prayer. But the problem is many of us live on Hail Mary prayers. Come on, I know I've lived on Hail Mary prayers at times. And if you look at a Hail Mary game play, it's it's not a good play. All hope is lost. There's no no plan. They're they're losing. They're not winning. And and they just hope they're just going to throw up the ball or or throw a shot from from half court or throw it up and just, just pray that somebody catches it. And a lot of times when it comes to life, what we're doing is we don't have a normal prayer life. We don't have a normal word life. And then we're just throwing it up going, God, just do it. And what happens usually is it takes our focus off of God. It puts it all on the problem. And it usually doesn't get answered. And here's my simple definition for prayer today. Prayer is the pursuit of God and an open confession of our dependence on him. It's just... Pursuing God and confessing that I need him. And John 15, five through eight really speaks to prayer. This will change your prayer life. Jesus says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Listen to this language. Without me, you can do nothing. Come on, we do all kinds of things without him. The context is fruit bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, listen to this, here's prayer. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. So the whole context is fruit. He says, you and I can ask what we desire and that we would... Glorify God by bearing much fruit. A lot of times our prayer life is, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. God, I need job. I need, I, need, I need a relationship. God, I need money. God, the gas prices are crazy. God, there's so much going on. No, 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 no. That kind of prayer, listen to me, that kind of prayer is Hail Mary prayer. According to this scripture right here, the prayer that gets answered is the prayer, God, use my life to bear fruit. You're asking for external things, and God's wanting to do an internal thing. God, use my life to bear fruit. What is fruit? Galatians 5 says, Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Listen to me. You're praying for your job, but you weren't faithful with the last job. That's why you're fired. And so if you don't get faithfulness, you might get another job, but you can't keep that one because you never let fruit be birthed in you for faithfulness. You can pray for a new job, but if you don't get the fruit of kindness, if you don't get the fruit of gentleness, then you're going to be in the same pain, in the same boat over and over and over. So you don't need to pray for a job. You need to pray for fruit. You follow me? You're praying for a relationship. Can I tell you that pain is the substance for patience when it comes to a relationship? Come on, listen, single people, pain is the substitute for patience. So you're, you're praying for a relationship. You're praying for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. You're praying for the person. You need to pray for patience that you have the ability to wait for God to bring you the person that loves him and loves themselves so they can love you right. Because if you just take Mr. Whoever or Mrs. Whoever to fill your insecurity and to fill your void and to fill your loneliness and you never got patience in your life, then all of a sudden you're going to bring them into your life and you're going to be in so much pain, you're going to be praying, God, get me out of the pain that I'm in because of this relationship. I didn't have patience to wait for God, I need money. God, give me money. Listen, no, 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 no. You need patience to not put it on the credit card. Help me, Jesus. Because pain is a substitute for patience when it comes to money. God, fix my wife. No I'm kidding. God, fix fix them, fix my spouse. No, no, God. Do something supernatural in me. Birth fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. God help. What happens, guys, God wants to do the stuff, but if you don't get the internal strength, you can't handle the external stuff. And it'll just crush you when it happens. I've been there. And so I need to pray, and you need to pray. God, do something inside of me. Get me into the prayers about your mission. So just evolve for life. We pray, but listen to me. We pray for God's mission. The scriptures in Ephesians six nineteen say this, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in heavenly places. Listen to me. There's stuff happening in heavenly places. We see war on the news right now, and people that come in with airstrikes, There's things happening in heavenly places. What happens is, as God's foot soldiers, we're on the front lines of his mission. We're doing battle down here, out in our jobs, in our homes, in our communities, and we're working and doing battle, and all of a sudden, what happens? The enemy starts closing in. We have two-way radios called prayer. We begin to call out to God, say, here's where the enemy is, and all of a sudden, he comes over with an air assault and begins to bomb and push back the enemy on the ground. If we're on the front line of God's mission, our prayer is not for better puffy chairs in the movie room. Our prayer is not for better gas prices. Our prayer is not for better political parties. If, if your prayer, listen to me, if your prayer is more me-centered than mission-centered, you're probably not on the front lines with God. What, what do I mean by that? So y'all are like, man, this is encouraging. Let me just, I'm just being serious. Like we need to get for real. Like we're God's people. We're the hope of the world. Prayer and word and fasting and strength and serving and giving and believing. Ephesians 6. Uh, listen to what Paul says. This is Paul's prayer. This is a mission prayer. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Colossians 4 3. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. God answers those kind of prayers. God, open a door for me. Gas prices are so high. Well, I'm not on, I'm not on the, the gas price culture. I don't buy into that. Oh, really? What do you mean? No, I don't care if they're seven bucks. Hey, God paid for everything for me. Uh, and so let me pay for your gas because I'm not in that culture, I'm in the kingdom culture. What are you talking about? Here, here. Hey, take, take my card. Let me pay for your gas. Just all of a sudden, God, give me an open door to preach the gospel. Sure is snowmageddon out here. Wow, my God controls the weather. I don't know. I mean, just begin to ask God to give you a word, to open a door. That's, that's mission prayer. That's affecting the outcome of the calling of God on this planet. Not just, hey, God, give me what I need today. Does that make sense, guys? I think, I think that uh, Evolve for Life is someone that's, I, there's a level of commitment and a level of passion that God wants to take me to and you to and the word of God and commitment and passion and outreach and serving and connect. These are really the cultures of, of the house of God, not just our house, this is the culture of the kingdom. Day in and day out, 47 years, and we brought the national championship back to Knoxville. Come on, 47 years maybe to get one person to say yes to heaven. I just want to encourage you to commit to the things of the kingdom. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you've drifted away a little bit. Maybe you've never come into the kingdom. Maybe you're not on team Jesus. I don't know. But I'm going to pray for you today. And I'm just going to believe, God, that you would have a new, fresh commitment, a fresh passion for his word. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that, Lord, you've, you've brought us into the kingdom, that Jesus, you gave the greatest display of affection publicly on that cross 2,000 plus years ago. But you, you opened up heaven for us and you paved a way for us to have a relationship with God. Not religion, not rules, not ritual, but a relationship with a father in heaven who's good. You gave us access to pray that your will would be done on the earth and that your mission would expand. You got us into the game that we don't just sit on the sidelines, that we connect and we serve. Lord, thank you for a community of faith followers, true followers of the kingdom. Thank you, God, today that you're with us. If you're in this room, you know what, or you're online and you say, you know what, I've kind of drifted. I've kind of, my passion has kind of drifted or I I need, I need that to be renewed. I need some areas of this to be renewed in my life. No one looking around, not going to embarrass you. Just slip your hand up to me. Pray for me, pastor. I need a renewed passion in a couple areas of my faith. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your boldness. Come on. If you're online, just type in a new passion. I want to pray for you. Father, you know, every heart here, you know, every person here, we ask for new passion and new commitment not in our own strength but God you've given us the privilege to to know you and to walk with you if you're in this room just for another second no one looking around or if you're online just for another minute maybe you've never given your life to Jesus maybe you you don't you're not you're not on the team you know you don't have a relationship with God and today is that day for you it's never going to get easier it's just a matter of saying you know what Jesus I need you I'm ready to surrender Jesus came to this planet, died for you, died for all your sins, mistakes, failures, all of our shame, went to a cross, died and rose again to give us a fresh start with God. If you're here, no one looking around, or if you're online you say, I need a fresh start with God, would you put your hand up to me right now? I need a fresh start today, Pastor. I need a fresh start in the kingdom. Thank you for your boldness, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, if you're online, just type in fresh start right now. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer, no magic in the prayer. It's just a prayer of surrender. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I'm a true follower because of who you are, not my ability or my strength, but who you are. You died for me. I believe you died on that cross. You took my shame, my guilt, my sins, my mistake. You nailed it to that tree. You came back from the dead. I repent and I turn from the old man and I say, I believe in you. You are God. Be my Lord, be my leader, be my savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit today and I'll follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, would you give God praise this morning if you receive that word? Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.